is the number one community in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Banu, a time efficiency expert and a business operation strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. So today I have a very interesting guest. So please welcome Luke Smith with me. And she's a life and writer's coach, also authors from many books. Uh, I mean, if you search her name, you will see she have a lot of content out there and a lot of clients as well. So please welcome Luke to Get Unstuck Radio. Hi, Luke. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I know. I mean, after I see your um, website, I'm like, wow, there's so many stories. And I see many people like handing their books and I'm like, wow. Um, I always, I have learned from a very long, young age that if I don't read enough, if I don't learn enough, I couldn't write well. Like that is something that I learned along the way. So I know that you would be a great guest to ask about how to pass on the story to the next generation or like sharing something that is hidden inside you and show to the world. So I'm so blessed to have you in the Get Stuck Radio today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So before we start, um, can you please share with me at least how you started your entrepreneurial journey? Oh my goodness, it's such a long story. Um, I will try to limit it a little bit. And it's kind of a two-part story. So um, I'm a writer, and so I started, you know, I've been writing. I've been journaling since I was, like, 10 years old. And um, and that just sort of naturally led into my storytelling. And so um, when I was, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I had three kiddos and, you know, super bored in my head. And so I just started writing down these stories and, um, and that was like sort of my creative outlet while I was a stay at home mom. And then I started working at a library and as I'm seeing all these books on the shelves and, um, you know, I was like, I wonder what the publishing process is like, you know? And so I started investigating that and I was learning a lot of things just by working at the library. Um, and so I learned about how to submit your manuscripts to publishers. And within about a month, maybe two months, I, I got my first contract and, um, super exciting. I navigated that whole process, got my book, you know, a manuscript published and then learned a lot through that process too, how publishers market you, how they work along shifted a lot over the last I want to say decade or two um they used to just coddle you you know if you were an author they would pay you they would 
do all of these things. And now it's very different. Um, they just very different how they do things now. And after about a year and a half, um, my publisher contacted me and said that they were going out of business. And so, um, they asked me if I wanted to buy my book back from them. And I said, yes, please. So I bought the book back. They sent me a PDF file with my book on it. I stuck it on a thumb drive, put it in a drawer and sort of forgot about it. Um, didn't really know what to do with it after that. <clears throat> so then one day, you know, maybe six, eight months later, I'm cleaning out that junk drawer and I find my thumb drive and stick like my book, like, what am I going to do with this now? You know? So I started researching um, self-publishing. And that was so quick and easy. It took me three days to launch an LLC business and to republish my book on Amazon. It was so fast and easy. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know. Okay, so that's part one of the story. Hmm. So I've been traditionally published, self-published. My books are out there, whatever. Meanwhile, I'm going through a lot of life transitions. Um, I had my what I call my bathroom floor moment. <laughs> Um, We've all had one of those, right? Where we're just, everything in our world collapses. Um, And so I was, my mom died. My daughter went off to college. um, My marriage was failing. Everything in my life was in turmoil. And um, so I started the journey of self-discovery and like really trying to figure out what my guesses felt like and what my nose felt like. And I didn't understand what that meant. And I didn't understand, well, anything about myself, really. I was just kind of on, you know, doing the things that they were telling me to do. If you go to school, you, you know, get a degree, you get married, you buy the house, you have your kids, and you're going to be happy. Well, I wasn't happy. And now everything was crumbling around me. And so, um, and I, I think that that's a pretty standard course that we're all taught, you know. And so um, I started just really noticing what felt good to me um, and then saying yes to those things. So a friend of mine recommended a book to me called Steering by Starlight by Martha Beck. And he said, um, pick up the book, do the activities. They're really weird. Do them anyway. And I promise you, your life will change. And he was not wrong. Like the minute I picked up that book and started doing the activities, my life was changing. Within a couple months, I ended up um, at a retreat on Maui with a Martha Beck certified life coach who, you know, Martha Beck was the author of the book. That retreat was pivotal. I learned how to listen to my yeses and nos even more, how to get in touch with my body even more. It was a beautiful process. Um, And then I came back home and I noticed how the de- my mom's death and my daughter's moving out at the same time and starting her own life, you know, at that point, like what I was telling myself is I just lost the two most important women in my life in very different ways. And now here I am alone having to navigate this crappy life that I've found for myself. How am I going to navigate my way through this? So I ended up actually signing up for Martha Beck's life coaching course. It's a nine month long course, $10,000, like not cheap, not easy. 
And um, so I went through that course and, you know, they always say like, find a niche. <laughs> and so I figured, you know, I've done writing. I know how to conquer writer's block. I get that. I totally understand that. I know how to navigate the publishing process, both how to get traditionally published and how to get yourself self-published. And I'm very like logical. So like I have my step-by-step process. This is what you do first. This is what you do next, you know? And so I literally developed checklists for both of the kinds of publishing. And um, as I'm working through the life coaching course, I was like, oh, this is so great. I can combine the two. And so that's where the niche came in together. I have four books published, um, three of my own. One is um, a compilation called Inspirations, and that's with 100 different authors. And we all came together and wrote a book about something that inspired us. Um, mine is about that retreat on Maui when I was walking through a labyrinth and I was able to release a lot of the grief that I was holding on to about surrounding the death of my mom and my daughters moving out. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's how I got into life coaching and that's how I discovered the niche of writer's coaching. But what I've actually learned is that it doesn't matter what the niche is. Life coaching is life coaching if you're good at it. And I'm a kick-ass life coach. And so what I end up doing is helping my clients navigate the writing process while they are navigating their life. And how do those two things come together? You know, if you're saying you want to write a book and make a million dollars, what's actually the core reason for your writing in the first place? It's not about the money. I promise you that. And so that's where we begin. What is your reason for writing? What's your story trying to say? What are you trying to convey? Um, and then, you know, my tagline is kind of, if you're, if you're not doing the thing you say you want to be doing, there's something deeper going on. So if you say you want to be writing a book and you're not writing a book, what's actually going on here? If you say you um, want to find that particular job or get that degree or start a business and you're not doing it, what is the block that is stopping you from doing that thing? And that we get underneath that and figure it out. And it's a pretty quick process, too. It can happen within a week or two working. So, with me. so. so how can we start? I mean, I bet um, some people may call it procrastinate, you know, by not doing so. But if you say that is something underneath buried, how can we know? How can we like notice that and, and pick it out and evaluate the situation, let's say? What would you suggest? Right. You know, it, yeah, procrastination is one word that is often used. Another word that I hear my clients use a lot is self-sabotage, is that they're self-sabotaging themselves. They're not doing the thing because they are sabotaging themselves. Yeah. I don't believe in self Yeah. I don't believe in self-sabotage. Um, what I think is happening is there's a fear under there. What, you know, what if I'm successful? That's usually the question. It's not about what if I fail? It's about what if I'm successful? What is my life going to look like then? How are the people in my life going to change? How are they going to look at me? They, it's like an innate knowing. We know that if we're successful, the people in our lives are going to shift around us somehow. They're either going to be very supportive or not. Mm-hmm. And there's a fear there. Um, or it could be something else, you know, that's just, that's one of 
a, a bazillion different reasons that we call it self-sabotage. Um, so what I typically start with is what I call the body compass. And so I help you navigate, I help you learn about your body and what it's actually trying to tell you. Um, actually, there's two things that I start with. First is the body compass. The other one that I want to touch on is called an ideal day. Um, so the body compass helps you to determine what your yeses and your nos are. So I walk you through your body, noticing sensations in your body rather than emotions. So we'll start by um, sort of touching on a negative time in your life, not traumatic. I stay out of trauma. That's for therapists. I don't do therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll touch on a negative part of your life where you just thought, oh, you know, it could be middle school. It could be um, a relationship or a job or something where you just weren't comfortable and you, you you knew it. You knew you needed to get out of it. So we touch on that moment. And then I help you to recognize the sensations that show up in your body as you're tapping into that memory. So it could be, you know, I was sad in this relationship. Um, and it felt like a pit in my stomach. It felt heavy and cold. And I help you navigate that and notice really what it feels like. Rather than saying it's emotional, I'm sad because. And if you notice when you're using emotional words every time, no matter what the emotional word is, pretty much, there's a story around it. I'm sad because he did this to me. I'm happy because I got that promotion. I'm Anxious because I have to get up in front of a crowd and do public speaking. Um, something around that. There's always a story around it. But when you can dive into the sensation, there's no story. And you're just noticing this feels like a no to me. This feels negative. Or on the other end of the spectrum, we also tap into what feels really good. I think we've all had an experience where... It could be um, we've all had an experience of just pure bliss, right? Like it could be um, a view or a kiss or a time period of your life where you just felt like this is why I'm here. This is why my soul came to do this thing. Um, and when you can tap into that, then you understand, again, what a yes feels like. So if you're, you know, thinking of a view, I can think of a view um you know, standing on a mountaintop and looking out over snowy mountains with the sun coming up and I feel just light and warm and, you know, you notice what that feels like in your body. Well, that's a yes. And so then I, I help my clients to understand how to navigate those yeses and those nos in every moment. So like um, when you're standing in front of the refrigerator trying to choose between two foods, chocolate cake or grapes, you know, there's a social construct, a social idea about what is right and what is wrong. But when you really center into the core of your truth, what feels good to me, then you're only going to need a couple of bites of that chocolate cake. And you're not going to be stress eating. You're only taking a couple bites. And you're not, you know, you're releasing all of those social ideas. I should choose the grapes because they are healthy you know, and instead really honoring the truth of your body. And when you can do this in every part of your life, you'll notice your body is always, always guiding you correctly. It's always trying to steer you toward the things that are going to work for you in your life. So that's number one. That's where we start. Number two is the ideal day that I was telling you about. And when I, when I talk about this without leading through the experience of it, 
people are like, oh yeah, I know what my ideal day would be like. It would be sitting on a beach with a margarita in my hand and a cabana boy and, you know, warm weather, blah, blah, blah. But actually like a few days of that and you're going to get bored. Mm. And so <laughs> the process that I end up leading my clients through is actually much more truthful than that. It, and it's rarely, rarely, I actually would say it has never been with a single client of mine that they're sitting on a beach drinking margaritas. It's always something productive and something that they weren't expecting. And that's the work that I'm doing with my clients is not, it's not surface level. It's very essential self. It's like your, your deeper self, your bigger self. Um, and noticing where that self is trying to lead you. And so that's what I tap into and pulling in writers coaching around that is super fun because you have a goal. You have something that is calling to you to be done. I often tell, talk to clients about, um, you know, the fact when you're a writer and you get into that flow of writing, you are often, you know, the, the writing is not of you, it's through you. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that flow, you're just, you're, it's not coming from your mind. It's coming from a bigger part of you. That bigger part is what I'm tapping into throughout the entire process. So figuring out the, um, the body compass and then the ideal day and using those to understand your reason for writing in the first place because it's beyond you. Mm. So those two are the essential, um, tools that I begin my clients with. So. So what I'm hearing right now is that it's very important to know why you're going to do this and do it forward every time. So intentionally doing things, let's say, right? Absolutely. And this goes for everything in your life. You know, it goes to, and that's why I say like writer's coaching isn't just writer's coaching. It's like, um, it's it's life coaching in general and, but I'm not a general life coach either. Like I don't want to put that out there either because we are tapping into the bigger you. So, um, and it, it, you know, oftentimes clients will come to me and wanting to write a book and that's just where they start. And then they end up creating entire business structures around this idea that they thought was a book. I have a client who, mm -hmm. um, she, she's, she got in early with the Bitcoin stuff, got super successful. And now, and then she came to me and she's like, I want to write a book about how to do it, you know? And so she starts writing this book. And then in the middle of the process, all of a sudden she was like, Brooke, it's, it's not a book. It's not a book. And I'm really confused. I don't know what to do. And she was pretty, um, downtrodden about that you know like oh no I thought it was a book and now it's not and so I worked with her during a session on that and um by the end of the session she was like this is an entire module that I want to teach face-to-face -face with people this is a retreat mm -hmm. so by the end of it she had this entire week-long retreat figured out around bitcoin and how to financially st um stabilize yourself it was such a cool process and it was so easy. It wasn't something that she had to force herself into. She just had to notice and become aware of what that looked like in reality rather than trying to force it into something. So that's what we're doing 
when when I'm helping people, um, you know, when I write their books or whatever that looks like. <laughs> I think it's not easy, you know, to like to see. I mean, I still cannot differentiate between emotion and sensation. Can you can you help me with I that? I can walk you through a little process if you'd like. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, if you don't mind, just close your eyes for a moment. Okay. So how I like to imagine, um, it's a much longer process when I, when I do this with a client one-on-one, but, um, all of the people, whoever's listening to this podcast can go ahead and do this simple process along with it. So imagine that you're holding like, a a laser beam. Okay. And you're in your, in your hand and you take it and start with your feet, start with your toes and just scan your entire body, moving up your body with that laser. Go all the way up your body and it doesn't have to take long. It can be a, a, you know, a few seconds, go all the way to the top of your head. And then I always like to land the laser beam in my heart when you're all done. Okay. So when you're doing that, you're just noticing your body. You're getting centered. Okay. So now I'd like you to imagine a time in your life when everything felt good. And it doesn't have to be everything. Like life doesn't have to have been perfect, but just a moment when you felt like, oh, this is why I'm here. This is why my soul came into this human experience. So it could be a view that you've had, an experience that you had. Um, it could be with a person who just makes you feel whole. Um, it could even be that, you know, perfect outfit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let, do you have a moment in your mind? Yep. Perfect. So go ahead and take that laser beam again. And while you're holding that memory in your mind, scan your body again, starting with your toes all the way up to your head and center in your heart. Okay. And so while you're holding that memory in your mind, tell me where in your body do you feel it? Head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like okay. my hand. Okay. So um, how big would you say that sensation is? Pretty strong to compare with other parts, like very obvious. Okay. So how, how much does it weigh? How much does it weigh? Yeah. Um, how can I, how oh, this is hard. I don't know how to explain that. Um, it's like a plate of pasta. That's the way that I thought. So like, okay. uh-huh. yeah, perfect. I love that. What color would you say it is? Um, like a eggshell. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you were to touch it, what would it feel like? Um, smooshy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Does it have a temperature? Not really. 
Okay. Great. How yeah. about a smell? Sorry? How about a smell? Does it smell like anything? Mm. Lavender. Mm-hmm. Does it taste like anything? No. Does it make a sound? No. Okay. All right. So does it remind you of an object or, um, yeah, does it remind you of an object or an animal or anything like that? Yeah, animal, definitely. That's the memory. Okay, what is the animal? My dog. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, so if you could envision a scale. Yeah. All right, so negative 10 is the worst possible feeling you could ever feel. Negative 10. Negative 1 is like, meh, that's uncomfortable, but whatever, it's fine. Zero is neutral. Positive 1 is like, oh, that's okay. That feels okay. And positive 10 is like, this is the best feeling I could ever feel. Where would this sensation fall on that scale? Mm. Eight. Positive eight. Awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sweet. All right, so then if you could name this sensation, what would it what would you name it? Bella. Bella. Sweet. Okay, that's it. That's the whole process right there. So oh. that is you can go ahead and open your eyes. So that's the positive side of it. Now, oh. usually when I when I walk a client through that, I do a much slower meditation through your body. And then we go into a negative sensation, not traumatic, remember, because I stay out of trauma. But we'll go into a negative sensation and notice what that feels like. Land it on that scale. Give it a name. And then we go into the positive sensation. Land it on that scale. Give it a name. Mm -hmm. And so then how you bring that into your daily life is you notice immediately. You start to notice the sensations immediately with every single thing that you're faced with. So if somebody comes up to you, let me take this interview, for instance. I saw this interview pop up on Facebook and in that moment I was like, oh yeah, that looks fun. And so I signed up because my body, I don't have to, it's getting out of the reasons around it because your stories are your blocks. But when something feels okay to you right then, your body knows stuff you can't possibly fathom. Your mind can't make it up. And so if you follow the truth of your body, when I saw that interview come up, I was like, oh, yeah, that looks fun. So I signed up for it because my body said yes, right? So when you're making choices throughout your entire life based on what your body is saying yes to, and then just gently turning away from the things that your body is saying no to, it it doesn't end up being cruel or disrespectful. It's just honest. And what you'll notice, too, and this is kind of the trick, a lot of clients are like, oh, I couldn't possibly say no to my mother to Sunday night dinners. I have to every week. This is what we've always done. This is how it is. So you're forcing yourself into that. What you'll realize is that when you gently say, you know what, mom, I need a week off, it comes out naturally and it's not mean. And actually, your mom is probably thinking the same thing. Like, this is too much, you know, but nobody wants to say anything because it's the way it's always been. Mm. But there's a belief under there saying, if I don't do this every week with mom, she's going to get upset. 
but really there's truth in, in it for everybody. So that's what you're guiding yourself toward is your own truth all the time. Wow. This is so powerful. Yeah. And what you'll notice too is that the truth always feels good. Yeah. Even when it's it's a negative truth. Mm. So like if you take that dinner with mom, you know, and the truth is that that feels stressful to you in any way, it could even just be like a negative one. It doesn't have to be this huge negative thing. It's just like, gosh, okay, this is something we've always done. And it feels like a burden now, just slight burden. But when that truth comes out and you say, I just need a week off, it feels good. It feels like lighter. It feels freer. And you'll notice it in your shoulders. You'll notice it in your chest. Your chest feels expansive when you speak truth to that kind of thing, even when it seems negative. But what is that negative, that negativity is actually the social construct that's trying to keep you stuck to where you are, right? Like this is how society runs. You say yes to mom and that's what you do. Um, but really that's just a belief that we have that's entangling us and it's keeping us very, very stuck and stagnant. Mm. So now we have to reconsider how we make decisions in life and everything. <laughs> that's so true. And then once you start making more truthful choices, everything starts to fall in line for you. You're introduced to the correct people. You're introduced to the right job. You have ideas and awarenesses that you didn't have before because you're starting, you're allowing the truth of your soul to be represented. And so everything starts to flow. And that doesn't mean that everything is like perfect all the time. Believe me, once the universe gets a hold of your truth, it's like, hey, let's test and make sure that that's really what you want to do. And you'll be thrown these little and sometimes big nuggets (laughs) where you get to practice. Right. But even those things, like you start to notice, they're like, okay, they're trying to guide me still. So you're always being guided. And it all comes from in here in your body. And how you say no to the nose? Hmm. That's a that's a difficult question because I kind of need a scenario. Ah. So the do mom- you have? Oh, sorry, please go ahead. No, yeah. Do you have Do you have a an example of a question around that? Like. Um, similar to the visiting mom every week situation, mm-hmm. my people around me this day having family issue. I don't know why you mentioned that. And I was like laughing inside because like, <laughs> I'm also intuitive. So I do have that piece going on for me too. <laughs> yeah. But I don't have issue with my mom though, but like, it's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, yeah, to I think I think to say no for the family members is hard. So in case, uh, even though we have, like, okay, let's step back. Um, even though even though we want a week break because it's New Year, but on the other hand, we we somehow feel like we supposed to be with family during the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if 
moms, let, let, let carry on from that example, um, invited you already to, to spend some time in her home, let's say. You don't want to go there. <laughs> How you already told her to know, but she still insists you to go. What should we do? Yeah. Okay. So in a case like that, um, so is that a real scenario for you? No. Okay. I just made up. All right. So, and the reason I'm asking whether or not that's a real scenario is that really, so what I would have to lead you through is the truth in your body. So if it's not a real scenario, then I can't tap into that. Um, I mean, we can play around with it a little bit, but it's not. I have a real scenario. Okay. Yeah. And the smaller, the better almost. It's like, it's like if you're standing in line at the grocery store and you notice somebody next to you is having a conversation on their phone and you're annoyed by it, like those kind of scenarios are perfect because they're small or you think they're small, but actually there's some big truth underneath those scenarios. So yeah, if you can bring something truthful up, then we can, we can work around that. Okay, this is my personal issue that I have in cultures every time. This is really with my mom. Let, let's let's stick to mom's scenario. <laughs> so she always think for me every time, like to buy stuff and so on. For example, um, I like my car to be very modern, no like cartoon stickers, and she bought. <laughs> Um, we have like a brown, like this, this bear, the brown bear. She bought it to, to stick at the, the car door so that it prevents the, the scratch at the, at the ankle. And she keep it there. And she told me that look at the brown, it's called brown. Every time open the doors, not to think of her, but to think about preventing the car to be the mission. <laughs> okay. How can I say no for that. Yeah. I don't know whether it's big or not, but. This is, this is every time she always thinks for me. Uh huh. So, um, so she wants you to put that sticker on your car in a certain spot so that every time you open the door, you think of her. Is I have seen this like that. Um, but she said no because it's to prevent the scratch to the door. It's like a silicone preventing. But even, but more than that, when I get into the car, there's more brown. <laughs> more of this thing inside the car. But it's my car, it's not her car, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she wants you to have it, but you don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it. But I, I wouldn't take it off, but it's kind of like, it's my eyes every time I look at it. <laughs> so did you put it on your car? Did I put it on my purse? On your car. I didn't Did take you... it off. I didn't take it off. I just keep it there. To remind okay. her. Yeah. That's that's what I do. I, I didn't touch it okay. because I am so scared when she asks, is still there or not? I have to say it's still there. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So all right. So I'm just gonna hop into coaching here if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why? Why, why are you leaving it on there? Um, to think of her, I guess. 
That's what I, that, that's what I think is remind me to her that she's around me. So I, even though I don't like it, but I try to tell myself that it's okay to be there, even though I don't really like it. Yeah. So you don't like the look of it, but you like the reminder of your mom. Yeah. And it's just like every time I turn, I just see the brown, the bear. Okay. So when you see the bear, go ahead and close your eyes. Okay. Imagine yourself standing in front of it and you see that bear. Okay. Do that body scan. And tell me where you feel it in your body. Hey, again. I don't know why. Uh-huh. Actually. Okay. And how big is it? Not that big, like a palm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what does it weigh? Light, like a cloud. Okay. And what color is it? Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> okay. It looks right. like, uh, what do you call it? Do you know Doraemon? Maybe not. Like, I the, don't. And wish that Doraemon holds. I forgot the name already. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> is it what temperature is it um warm but not hot mm-hmm. okay and if you were going to land it on that scale that negative 10 to positive 10 where would that sensation land i think it's going to be five that's the first positive five. yeah positive five okay All right. So what could make this thing better for you? Maybe to move it into the different place that is proper for them, but I don't know why yet. But still having a feeling that, that, that could be my solution in my opinion. Yeah. So how does that feel to you? Where do where do you feel that in your body, moving it? Mm, actually, not that agree with it. Like, yeah, not really feel right to move. Like it's already okay. there. That's actually the feeling, even though I say that. Yeah. So what about it is telling you that you want to move it? Or what about you is, is saying you want to move it? Oh, I think. Okay, that's the first thought. Maybe because I don't want to answer other people about why the brow is there. Mm. That could be. Because yeah. it's totally outstanding in my opinion. <laughs> How is your relationship with your mom? Um, I'm an only child, so I'm like, she, she, I'm an only friend to her somehow from her. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a expectation there. Yes. Um, okay. If you ask me, there is, but if you ask her, she would say no. Of course. Right. Right. Okay. So my hunch is that. Um, 
when it comes right down to it, the bear is okay where it is. But your idea of having, there's like two points here. Number one is that you have to explain it to other people. Mm. And then the other one is that your mom has an expectation of you to keep it there. Yeah, I agree for both points. Yeah. Okay, so when you were diving into um, the story around it, there was this big story about, you know, how it looks on the car, how, you know, mom would be disappointed. Maybe you didn't say that, but mom wants it there. And if you moved Mm. it, you know, whatever. So I would just, I would, this is a much longer session. (laughs) I would want to get underneath the core of the belief there. So number one, if we were to dive into you having to explain to other people why it's there, what would you want to tell them? My mom puts it there. (laughs) Yeah. And so when you say that, you know, when you were talking about it in the sensation, it landed on a positive five, which is actually pretty good, right? Like that's not negative. Yeah. It's not negative. It's not negative. Right. Now, when you bring somebody else into the situation and you're having to explain it, where does that land on the scale? It's not on the positive. Yeah. So I would go in and figure out why. Um, so there's a, there's like a, there's an integrity imbalance here, um, right? So when it's just you, you're okay. When you pull somebody else into it, it feels more negative. So maybe there's some kind of a, an honesty piece that's missing there. Mm-hmm. Like it, a friend asking you about the bear and here you are trying to sort of push against your relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like you have a, a decent relationship with mom. Yeah. Decent. Not good. Yeah. Not bad, but decent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have a decent relationship with mom and here's somebody else asking you about that relationship. Mm. That's pulling it negative. So it's not the fact that the bear is there. It's the fact that there is an honesty misintegrity happening. Mm. So what I would work with you on is to become more aligned with your truth, finding language for that other person who's making it feel negative to you. So what is something you could say to them that actually feels in line with your truth around that bear? Well, that's a good question. I didn't expect that. I really have to say that my mom. So I I wouldn't say, so when I say to another person that my mom puts it there, it made me feel bad. But if I say that, um, oh, my first thought just flowed away. Um, if I say that she wants me to think of her when I'm driving, therefore she put it there, that would be positive. Yeah, that's chip. And it's the same way of the existing of despair. Yeah. Yeah. So then let me just add on to that for just a second. Why... Why does that make you feel good to actually think about your mom every time you drive? Because I just got a car accident six months ago and I just could walk three months ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so that's truth. Right? That feels more truth. So yeah. you were in a car accident. Your mom put that there so that you can think of her and you know that she's with you. Yeah. As you drive. Yeah. yeah. So there's actually a trauma under there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 In a car accident, Bella was there, my dog. She's still alive though, but only me and my dog in the car accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is the bear okay to be where it's at? Sorry? Is the bear okay to be where it is? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like it there? I don't know. Right now I change. Before that I don't like. Right now I don't know. Meaning maybe I like it to be there. Yeah. So I have to accept that I am okay to have someone looking for me. Something like that. That's the issue. Well, and figure out too, you know, if we, yeah, if I were working with you on this with more time, we would really navigate where that misalignment is happening. So it's only when somebody else comes into the picture that the bear starts feeling negative. Mm. But when it's just you, the bear and your mom, it feels okay. But, and, and also I think that there might be like a, an idea this looks immature yeah it looks unprofessional yeah and so maybe even you know if if you I just have this idea that if you were in conversation with somebody and they're like what's the bear about and you say well I was in a car accident a few months ago my mom put this here as a reminder to protection and actually, it makes me think of her and, you know, and there's something truthful there and deeper, you know, and also what that could do for you is open up that relationship with the person who's asking. Mm. And sometimes, you know, we want to hide those pieces of us for fear Or there's something else, you know, like a protection. Like, I don't want to get too close to you, so I don't want you to know this part about me. So I'm going to keep that to myself. But honestly, when you're in that conversation, it could open something up. You know, and then there are those times when your body will say, nope, don't tell this person. They don't, they don't need it into that circle. However, now that's a relationship between you, the bear, and your mom. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're you've already gently turned away from that person. You're like, my body is saying not to tell them, and you're already navigating toward your truth. Mm. And then when somebody is asking and they deserve to know, your body will say, Yes, tell them. And so then you'll share with them, and now you've upped your relate you've like deepened your relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. So this is actually that is like your body compass right there, right? Mm. In the moment. You'll know who your people are just by your own expression around that bear, around them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Wow, thank you so much. Um, yeah. So in case anyone wants to have similar experience from what we just did, <laughs> where can they reach out to you then? I'm still thinking. So, <laughs> they can go to my website, which is Brooke Smith lifecoach.com it's b-r-o-o-k-e 
I have an E at the end of my name, Smith, S-M-I-T-H, at gmail, or, um, dot com, brooksmithlifecoach.com. And then my email address, you can always reach out to me there, is the same, brooksmithlifecoach at gmail.com. If you do happen to find yourself on my website, you will, um, you can sign up for a free discovery call. It's an hour long session. We go through an entire session, just like what we did, but it's an hour long instead. Um, you will walk away with tools. I promise you during that session. If you're not quite sure about that, go ahead and get on my website and scroll and you can find a subscribe button. If you subscribe to my newsletter, which I only release once a month, um, you will get a how to write pamphlet that tells you step by step what it takes to write your book and how to get it published. Um, so that is like the basic tool right there. And then you'll get my once monthly emails as well for my newsletter. Wow. Yeah. You already have a lot of value to give and I really appreciate your time, Luke. So thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today and yeah. Thank you for doing this coaching to me. I'm, I'm going to think about it for a while after spoken with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, use this every day with everything. Yeah. And a great place to start is with food. When you open up the refrigerator, ask yourself, what do I feel like eating? And check with your body and honor that truth and just see what happens. What do I feel like eating? That's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to learn more about this. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my dear. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.